The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed. I'm your host for today, and I have with me today my special guest, Siobhan Dolan, and she is a professor of in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology and Women's Health at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. She is an attending physician at Montefiore Medical Center and maintains her private practice as well. She is also the medical advisor or a medical advisor to the March of Dimes, and she's on faculty at the Human Genetics Program at Sarah Lawrence College in Bronxville. She also holds a master's degree in public health from from Columbia University. As you can tell, Dr. Dolan is a very busy and very accomplished woman. I think you'll really enjoy talking with her today. Uh, Her research interests focus on the integration of genetics into maternal child health, specifically looking at ways to apply advances in genetics and genomics to improve the health of mothers and babies and prevent birth defects and preterm birth. She's also the author of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, The Ultimate Guide. Welcome, Dr. Dolan. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Well, so often on this show, because it's a show that is about breastfeeding, we tend to really have a big emphasis on the mother who actually is breastfeeding. That is, she is in the postnatal period of her childbearing cycle. And yet, I'm always a great one for talking about nutrition in the sense of Uh, I I try to impress upon people, if you really had good nutrition before pregnancy and even before conception, some of the questions or concerns about nutrition for at least the mother during during breastfeeding would be a little less concerning because, after all, if you go into the childbearing cycle with a less than optimal nutrition, then it's just going to carry over. And so I really felt that today it would be helpful for all of us to listen to what Dr. Dolan has to say about good preconception and prenatal nutrition and to talk a little bit about how the health behavior can prevent birth defects or other issues. And as Dr. Dolan talks to us about that prenatal piece, I will kind of fill in with the breastfeeding piece as it seems to make sense. Uh, 
Uh, so I'm hoping that all of you will enjoy hearing from her. She is not only an expert, but very easy to talk to, uh, really puts things in the context that I think that most of us can understand. So, Dr. Dolan, very often women hear about how important it is to have a healthy diet if they're pregnant or even thinking about becoming pregnant. But from all that you've written about, I see that food intake, while it's certainly important on your list, isn't the only thing that uh, you really think that women should be paying attention to. So how do you advise your clients to pay attention to the bigger picture, even before they're pregnant? Yeah, I think that all the comments you just made right on, which is that we want to think about um, nutrition and sort of a healthy, well-balanced diet um, in the context of a woman's overall health. And I completely agree with the point you made, which is that it's a continuum. So we want to see our young women be healthy teenagers and then healthy women in their 20s. And then if they become pregnant, they're in the best place for becoming pregnant. And then they're postpartum moms breastfeeding and they have healthy habits and they can carry that through to their interval between pregnancies and their next pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is if we can help establish good um, health habits in general and they can take a woman throughout the whole continuum of her life cycle, her reproductive years, and then actually into her um, later years where some of the issues um, resurface, like calcium intake is a great example. It's important when you're an adolescent, so you're building your own bones. It's important preconceptionally and in your um, prenatal period, so your fetus and your baby can develop their bones properly and then After giving birth, women need to be sure they have calcium supplementation and healthy bones into their later years. So I I like the approach of looking at it across the life cycle, and that also points to an approach which is to not think about this as sort of like, I'm just going to be healthy for nine months during my pregnancy, or I'm just going (laughs) to be healthy for, you know, two years while I breastfeed, but rather how can I sort of adapt overall healthy lifestyle um, choices. And it's kind of hard to do in some instances. Um, sure. You know, another thing I think about with eating and nutrition and habits are that once you've given birth and are breastfeeding, you're also now sort of setting the stage for your child to learn eating habits. And if you mm-hmm. can give your child healthy eating habits, you're sort of giving them a gift. You know, in addition to um, the lovely introduction you gave for me, which I appreciate very much, I'm uh, the mother of three kids. And so I think Ah. to myself, if I can teach my kids how to have some healthy eating habits now, that is like a gift for them for later, that they're not going to have to try to adjust or change or, you know, give up something or take on something when they're pregnant, but that they're just going to have sort of learned healthy eating habits and healthy lifestyle habits, and that will serve serve them well throughout their course of their life. And I have two girls and a boy, so two girls who I expect and hope someday may be pregnant, and then my son will be part of some family structure, I hope, that, you know, is thinking about the next generation. So, I mean, those are my initial thoughts on, um, on, on everything you just said. And so the educational piece is really looking at the big picture, and nutrition's part of it, but there's, um, you know, some other pieces as well that we could talk about. I know, for instance, that in your book, you mention uh, 
things like smoking, alcohol, vaccinations, vitamins. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the vitamins and minerals in a minute, but uh, can you address some of those other things? For example, I find it very difficult with a breastfeeding woman to get her to stop smoking. Mm. Uh, and, of course, we could have that whole discussion about the fact that she probably should have stopped the minute that she took her first smoke when she was a teenager. But uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about really uh, putting your putting your body in the best space? Because as I hear you talking, it occurs to me that you're really saying health is not an event. It's not like this thing that you just do one day, but not the next. It's really an ongoing life, life choice. You know, absolutely. And actually smoking is a good example, right? Because, you know, smoking is something that um, folks turn to uh, largely due to stress, right? So Uh that whole component of thinking about, you know, um, how much stress is in your life. And then if you take up smoking at some point, well, then it it certainly has an addictive nature. It's got, you know, nicotine is addictive. So then it's something that becomes incredibly hard to, um, to quit. And then of course you're pregnant and breastfeeding. Well, talk about stress, right? That's a stressful life event. It's hard to figure out, you know, your work situation and your childcare situation and there's adaptations at home. And so that adds stress. So it's a particularly hard time to quit smoking because the trigger that's moving you towards smoking often is stress. Now, the issue there is that um, we know there are dramatic health benefits to quitting smoking. The um, babies born to women who smoke are uh, lower weight. They have greater risk of infections. Um, and then, <clears throat> in addition, they have... Um, in early childhood, if they are living in a home where there's secondhand smoke, they have greater risk of ear infections, asthma, respiratory um, complications. So there's huge health benefits for, for baby in particular, and then for mom as well, in terms of risk of cancer, which is, um, you know, dramatically increased when, when an individual smokes. So could we back that way up and think about, you know, an, an adolescent and, you know, what are some of the techniques people can use for stress reduction that are, you know, healthier than turning to smoking. And, you know, those include exercise as an example. And so here's a place where if you can get going on an exercise routine early in life where you get 30 minutes of aerobic exercise most days of the week. That's what the, um, you know, guidelines would generally recommend. So that's sort of, again, it's a modest um, proposal. It's 30 minutes most days of the week. And if you keep it sort of straightforward and somewhat modest, like not I have to exercise for three hours every single day, because that's a lot to to take on. But 30 minutes is like, okay, uh, let's say you put an hour total into your exercise routine. Do the 30 minutes, do a couple sit-ups or something like that shower and you're on your way, well, then maybe you could fit it in. So these kinds of things early in life, um, or even in, let's say you've had whatever habits you've had into your 20s and now you're 25 and you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to try to, you know, think about some healthy habits moving forward and, you know, children are in my future somewhere down the road. And, you know, this is that time of year, in fact, the new year, well, mostly January, although we're in February now, but January is a time of New Year's resolutions, Resolutions. and I'm going to try to to think about some of these issues. Um, The other point you made before is is really important, which is a lot of women, actually up to 50% of women, um, when they do surveys, um, reveal that their um, pregnancy was, was not actually planned. In other words, it doesn't mean it wasn't wanted or wasn't intended, but it wasn't sure. exactly planned at this time right now. So 
the idea that you're going to like do all these changes in your health habits right now before you get pregnant, that's not going to work for a lot of women because a lot of women are going to find out they're pregnant before they actually had a chance to put those issues in place. So we recommend thinking about a lot of these kind of pregnancy planning issues. If you're of reproductive age and you could get pregnant, and whether or not you're actually intending to get pregnant in the next um, short window. So some of the major ones would be to take a prenatal vitamin containing folic acid, and I know we'll get back to that one, um, but that's really important. Taking a daily prenatal vitamin is very important, and really there's no harm to taking it and not getting pregnant. So it's not something that if you got in that habit would be something you have to stop. Um, there's a risk, increased risk of birth defects if you um, don't have adequate folate on board uh, around the time that you become pregnant. And like I said, I'm sure we'll get back to that. So that's a really straightforward one, prenatal vitamin with folic acid. Um, some of the others you mentioned are also really important. Um, one is going to your provider and just looking at your medical conditions overall and thinking about optimally managing those medical conditions. And by that, I mean conditions like diabetes or asthma or hypertension. If you have any of those conditions and then you become pregnant, there's a chance they'll be aggravated and worsened, and then they can cause pregnancy complications. So thinking about those conditions before you become pregnant is really critical and getting them best, you know, best management that you can prior to pregnancy. Uh, that also it's... often includes thinking about medications you may be on. So let's say you take a medication for your high blood pressure on an ongoing basis. Is that the safest antihypertensive for pregnancy? And is there a way that you could get to the safest medication possible before you become pregnant so that you can head into pregnancy with your blood pressure well controlled, but with on a medication that's safe in pregnancy? So and so really there are, there are many considerations that one needs to make in order to put themselves in the best spot. When we come back, we'll, we will be rejoined by Dr. Siobhan Dolan, and we'll be talking more about uh, how to get yourself really in that really good place. We'll pick it up with vitamins and minerals. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? 
Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Dr. Siobhan Dolan, who is a medical doctor and also a professor and also the mother of three lovely children. She has got some wonderful ideas about very science-based, but very real world-based about how we really need to, as women, put ourselves in the best spot we can before we're pregnant, before we conceive, and certainly before we're breastfeeding, because they are really it's it's really that continuum that Dr. Dolan has addressed. Dr. Dolan, before we go on, you mentioned about smoking, and I would totally agree that things like exercise are a great way to overcome that trigger, perhaps, for smoking, because we certainly know that exercise improves stress or helps us to get by that stressful moment or whatever it is. And by the way, I just want to add one thing, which is sometimes I just tell myself, oh, if I could just put my car in the parking lot at the Y, if I could just get my myself there, then I could walk in. And so, you know, sometimes that idea of 30 minutes seems like a lot. But as you were alluding to, just getting people to make a small move is better than making no move. Uh, Back to the part with the smoking. Uh, How do you feel about other methods for reducing people's smoking? Like, for instance, the patch, if they're already pregnant when they walk in your office. Yeah, I think that um, that, that's an excellent point. Um, And Back to the issue of the exercising and everything, I think sometimes as women we set, like, just expectations that are, you know, so high. Like, you know, they say yep. perfect is the, you know, the, the problem with good. Like, so we can't <laughs> propose to do everything perfectly. That's why I'm saying don't think you're going to be running marathons next week. Think 30 minutes most days of the week. Set yourself a right. modest expectation and try to do it because that's actually a great outcome. That's going to improve your health and your baby's health. So it's really great to do it. Um, same with smoking. So when you look at studies that compare smoking to not smoking or the patch or the gum or any of those substitutes to not smoking, um, the data is that 
not smoking or not taking anything is the best, but the patch or the gum is second best, and then smoking is the worst, right, when we look at outcomes like preterm birth birth weight, um, contribution to other, you know, problematic birth outcomes. So I think you have to say to yourself, where am I? Am I in a position to quit? And if you think you can quit with social support, talking to your doctor, um, changing some lifestyles, if you're motivated, if you think the time is such that you can do it, then do it. And absolutely get all the support you can. There are 800 numbers that will give you social support. There's groups. There's, you know, your your health plan may have some program to help you, a visiting nurse, a, you know, a support group. There's a lot of stuff out there. So if you think you can quit, quit. Every piece of data supports that. But if you think, you know what, right now, if I could do a medication or if I could, you know, there's some medications that can help you quit, and there's also some nicotine replacement types of things like the patch or the gum, those are better than smoking. So if you think that, you know what, right now what I can do is go to the to gum, let's say, and try to wean myself down off smoking and then take a next step down the road, well, then do that. So, again, Think of where you are, set yourself, you know, a next step that you think you can achieve, get your social support, get people to help you, get family around. You know, you might need someone to watch your other children so you can go do that exercise, or you might need a little bit of time to take a walk, whatever it is, so you need someone, you know, to help you, so you need to ask for help. And And set yourself up to win and don't expect things that are unrealistic of yourself right away. Well, that's right, but also give yourself credit for the hard work you know <laughs> hard work you're doing. If you yes. get onto um, if you quit smoking and you end up using um, a nicotine replacement therapy in the form of gum, and you take a half hour walk every night, like pat yourself on the back and congratulate back. yourself for what a huge set of steps you took. And don't say to yourself, "Oh, I should have done this, and I should have quit perfectly, and I should have run a marathon, and I should have lost fifty pounds." Like you can't do all that at once. You have to feel really good about what you can do. And I don't say that lightly. You know, I think women in general are pretty hard on themselves. So, you know, I think we have to realize being pregnant is hard. It's hard to be tired. It's hard to have morning sickness. It's hard to take on all that responsibility. And, you know, we, we should feel good about the contributions we're making. So often we beat ourselves up for what we didn't do or didn't do as well as we would have wanted to. And one word that has been the watchword on my list this year is celebrate. Sometimes we just have to celebrate successes. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Celebrate and say, you know what? I took a walk, you know, four nights last week. And I'm having this walk fantasy because I'm looking outside at snow. I'm up here in New York and (laughs) we're in the middle of a snowstorm. So, you know, I'm looking forward to those days. But I mean, you know, these kinds of, you know, going from not exercising at all to a good, solid, modest exercise plan, that's great. You should celebrate that, just as you said. Absolutely. Uh, we, We do a lot better when we sort of springboard off from a good place in our head instead of beating ourselves up. So you talked a little bit earlier about folic acid. And here's my big question for you, because I see this so often. Uh, Very often, women who visit their doctors and discover that they're pregnant uh, begin their prenatal vitamins then, except that in many cases, that's kind of too late. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, What's the result of folic acid deficit? And um, why is it so important to get that folic acid before the woman discovers that she's pregnant? Uh, Talk to us about the timeline. Right, they're really important points. So 
Um, the folic acid is actually um, the synthetic form of a B vitamin that's naturally known as folate. So sometimes people talk about that too. What's the difference between folate and folic acid? And again, the folic acid is the synthetic form that comes in supplements or is put in food when food is fortified, but it's converted to folate in your body, and then your body goes ahead and uses it. It's actually a B vitamin, B9. So um, the importance of folic acid or folate in the body is that it's associated or a deficit in folic acid is associated with failure of the neural tube to close. And the neural tube is basically what makes up your spine. So there's a variety of conditions um, that are um, uh, associated and they're called neural tube defects. And um, these are... um, can be uh, small and way down at the bottom of your spine, like by your tailbone, or uh, they can be much uh, larger and affect the baby's brain and the failure of the baby's brain to, uh, or uh, up in the top of your spine, it can affect brain development and be, you know, such that a baby couldn't live. So they're a whole host from less severe to more severe, but in general, a severe form of birth defects. Sometimes they're known as um, spina bifida would be a, yeah. a term that some people might um, have uh, heard in the, in the lay um, language. So these are the a group are called neural tube, tube defects. And the thing is that the neural tube closes, like it closes like a zipper, you know. It's actually yes. like a flat plate, and it goes to turn into a tube by um, the two sides kind of rolling, like if you took a piece of paper and tried to make it into a tube, um, that's how the neural tube forms. And so it kind of zips up the seam in the back, if that makes sense, and you need enough folic acid around to make the zippering complete. And if the zippering isn't complete, there's little holes or perforations, and that's where pieces of the neural tube can come out and stick out and can be associated with these birth defects. So this is all happening about four weeks after you conceive. So at about six weeks of gestation, by the way, your um, provider would date your pregnancy. And the truth of the matter is that's just about when you're missing your period and picking up the phone to call and say, I missed my period. period. Can I make an appointment? So while all of this is happening... We want to have the folic acid on board in your body doing what it needs to do. And so this is why the message is so important that the prenatal vitamin with folic acid needs to be taken prior to conception and through the whole first trimester. You know, we do recommend actually taking your prenatal vitamin through the whole pregnancy, but with regard to the issue of neural tube defects, we know that by 8 to 10 weeks, the neural tube, it's either closed or not closed. Or, and or not closed, yeah. Right. It won't go back and close if it hasn't closed. So the critical window is about, like I said, around week six of the pregnancy by the traditional dating mechanisms. And so mm-hmm. that is when you really want to have both the folic acid on board and also all those sort of health habits that you're trying to get rid of. You want to have them done by then because, again, by then, yeah. the the first trimester is when the organs are forming. So it's a critical period for development. Like if you think of what it means to create fingers and toes and a heart and kidneys, I mean, these complicated organs, you want to have all the raw materials there and as few toxicants as possible. So smoking, alcohol, any drug use, medications that aren't the safest choice of pregnancy, you don't want any of that around in the first trimester. So this is another really important point we suggest is that women see their provider before (laughs) they become pregnant and they sort of get it all together and get the plan in place and get their, you know, set up in good shape 
to be the safest yes. place possible before they become pregnant. If you wait and then you call the doctor and you think, okay, I'm going in at 10 weeks and by then I'm going to start all my new health habits, truth is most of the baby's organs are already formed. Yes, yes. Um, Dr. Dolan, what, uh, we've only got a minute or so left before the break, but tell me this. Uh, what do you say to women who say, look, at you know, I have got a healthy diet. I'm eating all of my green leafy vegetables and my nuts and my beans and my citrus fruits that are all uh, rich in, in uh, folicin or folate. So, uh, no, I didn't take my prenatal vites, but it, it, aren't, aren't I okay just as is? women, good for you. Keep eating all those green leafy vegetables. Have a healthy, well-balanced diet. That's absolutely fantastic. Most women, though, don't get enough through diet alone, and the folic acid supplement is recommended for all women by guidelines, and it will do you absolutely no harm. So take it, and you know, you're putting that little icing on the cake there, making sure you're up to the uh, recommended dosage, um, and keep going with all those great dietary uh, habits you have. Absolutely. Alrighty. Uh, this has been really informative, and uh, I will be looking forward to talking with you when we come back. Everybody else, don't go too far away. I'm here today with Dr. Siobhan Dolan, and we will be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed here on the Health and Wellness Channel at Voice America. Lucky for me, I am here today with Dr. Siobhan Dolan. Uh, Dr. Dolan is a medical doctor. She also has a master's degree in public health. She has done a wonderful job of helping us to really understand that good nutrition for the breastfeeding mother doesn't start when she starts to breastfeed. In fact, it doesn't start when she is pregnant. Good nutrition for the mother who is ever going to be in the childbearing cycle ever in her whole life really needs to start as early as possible and to really have that big commitment to good health for yourself and your baby. And she also alluded in the first segment to how as mothers, we're also able to role model good health behavior for ourselves and for our children and for those around us. I certainly know uh, my mother lived to be 92 years old and she still has made an impression upon me about eating all of those dark green leafy vegetables uh, as well as many other good for you things. Uh, Dr. Dolan, we were talking about the importance of folic acid. Uh, Help us with this though. Are there some women who need more than other women for folic acid? And if so, why? How does that work? Yeah, that's a, absolutely, um, that's a very important recommendation. Um, so the general recommendation for women is 400 micrograms daily in addition to a healthy, well-balanced diet. And that goes up to 600 micrograms once you're pregnant. And that's a little less, it's just around uh, half a milligram. So 500 micrograms is half a milligram. Um, and that's what's in most prenatal vitamins, and that's the recommendation for general women. Now, for women that have had a previously affected pregnancy with a neural tube defect, so they've had a child or um, have themselves had a neural tube defect, so they've had a neural tube defect as a child or they've had a previous child with a neural tube defect, their dosage should be 10 times that. It should be 4 milligrams daily. And usually the way to get that is in taking a folic acid supplement that comes often as a one milligram tablet, and then you take four of those daily. So it's an awful lot more folic acid. Um, but again, it's a water-soluble vitamin, so your body uses what it needs, and your kidneys wash out what isn't needed. Um, That's important women- because I just had a patient ask me a little bit ago, can you ever have too much? And I thought, well, no, I don't think so. Again, because it's a B vitamin, right? 
Yeah, that's right. There's some yeah. like theoretic risk, or it's actually a real risk for older patients who have B12 deficiency. Having too much folic acid can actually mask that, but that's a very different demographic of older yeah. folks, rather, you know, who are dealing with other health issues as opposed to pregnant women. So focusing yes. on pregnant women, um, there isn't a downside. And the other group that should take that higher four milligram dose are women who have a seizure disorder or on, on a variety of anti-seizure medications because those also increase risk of neural tube defect. So again, if you're a woman at high risk because you've been affected or you have a previously affected child or you have a seizure disorder or you're on certain medications for seizure disorder, you're at high risk based on those criteria and you should take the higher dose of folic acid to try to mitigate that risk. Mm, so beware. Uh, here's, an, here's another question that I've had recently is about this controversy with MTHFR as related to uh, the folic acid and the way in which it could be, uh, I don't even know if could be is the word I want to use, but the, the controversy about whether or not this is in any way associated with birth defects. Is it? Is it not? Is there good scientific evidence? What should we believe? What should we not believe? Yeah, I think MTHFR is, stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, and it's basically a gene that makes an enzyme called methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, and it's involved in the processing of folate. So what's been discovered, and I think it's a very interesting area of research, but I don't think it's ready for clinical implementation yet, um, but in the expanding, exciting world of genetics research, um, it's been shown that certain women have different genetic variants in their MTHFR gene. And so the question is, is there a way that we could find those variants by genetic testing and let's say give certain women with certain variants higher doses of folic acid to bring down their risk? Um, and so the, the answer is maybe. Is there data for that today? No. Is it an okay. exciting area for research as a way that we could maybe have a genetic tests that could predict a woman's risk and allow us to give her an early intervention and, you know, reduce rates of birth defects? Absolutely. So it's a very exciting area of research, but we're not there yet. But we can watch for the future as some of this research unfolds. As you look at the kinds of questions that come from, because I know you have your own uh, private practice as well uh, as uh, because in some ways you you talk so much like a professor and in other ways you talk so much like just a really good clinical doctor that I could sort of see you at my elbow answering uh, questions if I were your patient. Uh, what are the kinds of questions that you get about specific vitamins that we haven't already discussed or specific foods or toxins in foods or uh, contamination of foods or any other such things that have been especially Especially prevalent on the list of questions that that pregnant patients ask you, because trust me, they're asking the same questions when they when they are breastfeeding their babies as well. And in general, I try to tell them, look, you know, if if you weren't concerned about this in pregnancy, it's probably even lesser in breastfeeding. But nonetheless, people worry a lot. Uh, What can you tell us about things that maybe people shouldn't be worried about? Um, Yeah, you know, sometimes I 
think it's like a matter of emphasis. So um, as an example, like I might have a woman come in and she's like drinking a cup of coffee a day and feeling like really upset, like I'm drinking this cup of coffee and feeling really guilty and all that. And the truth is that a cup of coffee a day, so caffeine in moderation, is not associated with adverse outcomes. So I kind of suggest around things like caffeine, you know, Moderation is fine. Don't beat yourself up. That's no problem. On some other issues, like when people say, well, a glass of wine a day is fine. Well, the answer to that is no, it's not fine. Alcohol is a neurotoxicant, and it will have an effect. And for different women and at different times in pregnancy, there's a sort of unpredictable uh, degree of effect. So why take any chance? So sometimes I find, like, people have differing, like, certain messages, like the caffeine message that moderation is okay. Why doesn't that catch on? And why does the message that... glass of alcohol a day is okay. Why has that caught on? Because it's not true, and we wouldn't recommend that. So sometimes they try to sort things like that out for women. Um, And then sometimes another thing I see is that women will be like really upset about something like they were in a place where they smelled a chemical one day and they're very, you know, concerned that it had an impact. And uh sort of passing things in general, you know, yes, there could be an occasional circumstance where you had an exposure, but in general, um, those kind of exposures don't present great, great risks. On the other hand, some basic things like getting your immunizations, right? It's flu season. You know, women, pregnant women with flu have increased risks of getting seriously ill, getting ICU admissions, um, babies born preterm to women who have the flu. So, again, it's this matter of degree, like get, doing the regular basic stuff, getting your immunizations up to date, um, getting your flu shot in flu season. Um, the other recommendation out right now is the Tdap booster, which is um, tetanus, diphtheria, oh, yeah. and acellular pertussis, because pertussis is um, going around. Now, I think the immunizations are getting a little boost right now because of all the concern about measles, and I think people are realizing, like, immunizations work if you get them, but you have to get them. And when people... Yeah don't get them in pockets, you have certain situations like this measles outbreak, which is kind of, you know, shocking to people because we thought it was taken care of. Um, But the truth is, in pockets without vaccination, it can resurge, or you can see a resurgence of the condition. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that we try to sort out, do the sort of solid, regular, good public health bread and butter. That makes a huge difference. And don't forget that and don't lose the emphasis on that. Um, And don't get scared by every, you know, news headline about something that's out to get you. Pregnancy isn't scary, really. It's fun, it's wonderful, (laughs) and it's mostly healthy. I, I loved what you said about the good bread and butter public health stuff, because honestly, uh, sometimes we get so hung up on the news headlines or these these things that are, you know, maybe concerning, but they're they're not the good bread and butter everyday good practices. Like, like let's just think about this. Uh, one of the things that I know you talk about in your book is uh, seafood. In the minute or so that we have left, can you tell us, what do you tell uh, pregnant women about seafood? Yeah, seafood has um, got some good and some bad, right? So yeah. the yeah. Um, omega-3 fatty acids are, are a good thing, so we promote it in general. But we want to make sure that folks don't get too much of um, a fish, fish that can contain heavy metals like mercury because we know that no. isn't good for pregnancy. Um, and, so sort of, and also that women eat cooked fish because we don't want them to get any um, parasites. So, you know, it, it's something to really think through, but... 
Mod- again, moderation, make sure the fish is cooked. Those are probably the best messages. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago, too, I just wanted to pick up, I think I heard you say something about smells or odors. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking about something like the woman who says that she uh, went in the dry, the dry cleaners and smelled what I assume is the uh, perchloroethylene. And I basically say to her, look, you know, if you just zipped in there to pick up your cleaning and then you're done and you're out of there, uh, and if you can use the drive through that's even better. But in general, um, no, you don't want overexposure to these things, but you also just can't stop living your life. Am I correct in that? You know, exactly. And it's about moderation and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, there's like another one is toxoplasmosis in the kitty litter oh, box, right. you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's quick fix. Like I always say to my patients, tell your partner he, he yep. or she has to do the kitty litter box. You know, yep. take, make it, <laughs> take this opportunity. And nobody minds time. giving up that task for sure. Hey, everybody, do not go away. When we come back, we will be winding up this very interesting interview with Dr. Siobhan Dolan, who is consultant to the March of Dimes, medical doctor, professor, and woman extraordinaire. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Dr. Siobhan Dolan. Dr. Dolan is in New York City and or just outside of New York City. Usually I'm just outside of uh, Washington, D.C., but actually today uh, I am also in the state of New York, although I'm just south of Rochester, New York, where we've had mm, probably some 10 to 12 inches worth of snow. And <laughs> so I'm really, I'm thinking about that whole exercise thing that she was talking about, thinking, oh, it's a little bit too snowy out there right now for me. I am really looking forward to seeing what I hope will be, uh, already I know I will be seeing several of you at a course that I will be giving in San Diego later this month. If you are a professional listening to this show, and if you would like to be uh, taking a comprehensive lactation course, I will be offering that course in San Diego. It is not too late to sign up. You may go to my website at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com, and if sunny San Diego doesn't suit you, just remember, you could also join us in New Jersey, just outside of the Newark Airport. Or in Baltimore, which is at the Baltimore, Washington Airport. And we also will be in another location, which um, I admit escapes me right this moment. Uh, So I would look forward to welcoming you at the uh, lactation course, the comprehensive course, or also one of my review courses, which will be in several cities this spring as well. Dr. Dolan, you've talked to us so much about so many things today, and I know that some people might not have joined us until later in the show, and others might have uh, still been sort of digesting what you've told us right from the beginning. Can you sort of recap for us, please? What are the three take-home most important messages that every mother, breastfeeding or otherwise, pregnant or otherwise, should remember from this show? Um, let's see. So I think the first one would be um, start before you're pregnant. So go oh. see your doctor right away or your midwife or your physician's assistant. See your provider and see where you are. Take an inventory where you are and try to take some steps to, you know, make healthy choices both for yourself and then for um, contemplation about pregnancy. Um, and so preconception care, preconception checkup is really one of the critical key um, points I'd love women to take away from listening to us um, talk today. 
Um, I guess the next would be, um, you know, moderation. And so moderation means um, setting realistic goals for yourself but trying to achieve them, um, not, um, you know, thinking that pregnancy is just an about face and it all has to, your whole lifestyle has to change, but picking off for yourself two or three of the most important um, health um, steps you can take. And that may be cutting down on caffeine to moderation or it could mean adding a little exercise. So um, that's probably the second. Um, And then, uh, you know, I think the idea of trying to sort through um, where there's scientific evidence behind something and where Mm, it's a little bit more of a fad or just a publicity stunt or hype, um, I I guess a third message I'd try to give women, it's not always easy to do because sometimes when you go on the Internet, it all looks the same. But talk to your provider um, and try to get a handle on what's scientifically supported and try to focus on taking those steps first. I agree. That's a, a a question that I often get from my family or friends. Uh, I heard this on cable news. I saw this on the internet. Uh, these people say this, and these people say that, and I don't know what to believe, and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times it really is that uh, the layperson is often unprepared to really interpret what those studies mean. And a lot of times they think it means cause and effect when in fact it's only an association and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would I would really echo that. And I would also say uh, it's important that you are simply upfront with your healthcare provider and say to him or to her pretty much what I just said to Dr. Dolan in this session, which is, can you just help me to understand this? Can you help us to understand this? Can you sort this out for me? What's real? What's junk and uh, really having that conversation. Dr. Dolan, I know that you are also the uh, author of the book Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby. There are literally hundreds of books out there on pregnancy. I have shelves and shelves of those books. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your book. Uh, What makes it different and why should everybody be eager to take a look at it? Yeah, um, you know, I had the great pleasure of writing this book with Alice Kelly, and um, she's a mom as well and a really wonderful science writer. Um, And so she and I tried to do exactly what we just talked to you about, which is to present scientific evidence and where there's hard data. And we also threw in some tips, like we tried this or we tried that, but we tried to make it clear in the book which was scientific evidence and which was just like a friendly tip or advice. So we wanted, you know, I think that's something that books sometimes confuse, like, you know, it all starts to sound the same. And it doesn't mean that tips or helpful advice aren't great things. They really are. But you just want to know when you're hearing which. Um, And so that's the approach we took with the book. We, being moms ourselves, being working moms ourselves, we really wanted to bring all the data from the March of Dimes and, um, you know, March of Dimes' long track record of being supporters in maternal child health and supporting amazing research and innovation in this area. We wanted to bring that to women, but we also wanted to do it in a way that supported women and, you know, celebrated women and said, you're doing a great thing here. Here's some science, here's some tips, and we hope you have a great experience. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I, I always feel like I'm a little bit talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say, okay, there's not exact science for this, but this is a clinical tip, or this is what I've seen with a lot of mothers. And then I sometimes will follow it up with, look at, you know, 
I will probably be dead and buried by the time that we get all of the scientific information for all of the things that we need to learn about. And in the meanwhile, I don't think it's fair to say to the mother, well, goodbye, good luck, you know. You kind of want to give her some some clinical tips or some things that you've seen work for other people. And to me, that just shows me how... Even though you are a very learned professor, researcher, physician, and so forth, you are also very well grounded on the fact that at the end of the day, it really comes down to we've got to all just put one foot in front of the other and uh, do what makes a lot of sense, as clearly you have. I would encourage everyone, please, to take a look at Dr. Dolan's book. I'll repeat that for you. It's Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby. It is available at Amazon.com, and uh, Siobhan, is it uh, available elsewhere, I'm sure, uh, Bricks and Mortar yeah. Store, March of Dimes, anywhere? Absolutely, yep, all those places, March of Dimes. Oh. Um, March of Dimes is um, the supporter of this book, and um, it's available um, from the March of Dimes as well as any you know bookstore, as you pointed out. Okay, then, everybody, there you go. Check it out. Uh, Even if you just look at the table of contents, I think that you will get a feel for how this is a book that you might want on your shelf. And I think that Dr. Siobhan Dolan has already proven herself to be as warm and able to explain things in uh, uh, a very user-friendly manner. I think that you will... uh, really want to check out this book. Well, as usual, that's all the time we have. It goes so fast. I always wonder where this hour goes to. I would be especially um, grateful to our special guest today, Dr. Siobhan Dolan. I would invite all of you, please, to take a look at our website at born to uh, my, my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up. And Please understand that we will be here every Monday, same time, same channel. I will look forward to seeing you. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.